from here with the conference. I'll tell you what, it's exciting. So we're going to hear from a couple of them this morning. Ryan's going to come. Kurt's going to come. Let's give them a hand as they come this morning. Yeah, good morning, everyone. My name's uh, Ryan, as Pastor said. Um, kind of the rookie here, or the new guy. <laughs> I've only been here a few months, my wife and I, Keisha. And so I don't think what I'm going to say is, is a big surprise to anyone. I can just give my testimony, you know, through my eyes and what I experienced in the week in uh, Prescott, Arizona, as we went out to conference, as Pastor mentioned, five of us from here and uh, so from this area. So the first thing I guess I'll say out of the, the, the three total is just the, the obvious, like the rejoicing, the the just the, the power, the, the freedom, the freedom to worship and lift hands and see really just like we experienced here, the th same things that resonated with, with my wife and I when we got here to the fellowship, just a sense of freedom, like, oh, finally, like, oh, it was like we've arrived, that's what I felt. And then the second thing is just the aspect of a conviction. It was just like these emotions, you know, and some of y'all may have saw that watching online, just like, oh, like, you could just <laughs> feel the gasp in the room as some of the stuff was preached, and, and they're just from the platform just poking at that pastor's chest or hey pastor stand up or hey brother hey sister stand up rise up for the it's like oh i mean just times where i was just weeping just like i'm sorry lord i'm sorry <laughs> and uh just those aspects of it and a conviction for for the way i treat my wife the way i am as a husband seeing husbands and wives go up there and being sent out and to see how they need to connect and how they have to come together because as i mentioned to, to brother rome it's like it's, you're being sent to a new area um, here, even in the States, being sent next door into a community as we see and but even in an island being sent forth. It's just I, I see how husbands and wives have to connect together. They don't have a choice but to depend on each other. And it's just amazing. And the third thing and the final thing, uh, and I'll sit down, is the aspect of just understanding for myself seeing being the rookie, being able to have an opportunity to see the heart of our pastor, to get to know our pastors and leaders and in the the times where I got to see them more and understand and appreciate and hear the stories of of, of Pastor Wayman Mitchell and the, and the vision and put faces to names and Pastor Greg and just see the dynamics of it and I've been trying to figure out some of y'all are like oh, yeah yeah it's a great fellowship I get it and I like how Pastor Greg said we can be replaced you know like don't think we're good but what I've realized this last week is that it's biblical you know it's, it, it isn't an aspect of it wasn't like Pastor Wayman Mitchell was like, oh, well, does this work for you, God? This is my vision. Does this line up with you? It was like biblical. It was taking God's vision and then transferring it down to us. So I didn't feel, even though I was well over a mile above sea level, over 2,000 miles away, I never felt far away from you all. Even though folks that were back home, I'm thankful. Even last night, Keisha and I rejoiced that, that she was protected while I was gone. That she wasn't, you know, even though being by herself in a home, she was, she was safe. And, and, and Holy Spirit revealed to me, like, people were praying for her. People here were praying for her protection while I was gone. And, and that's amazing. And we're all connected. Like Brother Rome told me, like, we're connected to the vision and we're running in our lane. Whether we're a mile above sea level or here, still back here in this area in Hampton Roads, we were all connected to the vision of what the Lord spoke and the, the Lord's vision in his word. And that's why I appreciate the fellowship and got to appreciate it even more. Amen. 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 Well, excited to see everybody. It's been a while. You know, uh, like my brother Ryan said, 
with his Bible three-point sermon. It was good, man. He's ready to preach. Um, definitely, it was a, it was an amazing time being uh, with my pastor and 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 the, and the guys um, at the at the conference. And what was amazing, this is my first time, um, you know, even being saved, you know, a little bit over ten years now, going to uh, the Prescott Conference. And um, I have to say, it's a different dynamic than any other conference that I've ever been to. Um, you know, I've gone to three other or two other different conferences, but, uh, the, the main thing that, that God was working in my heart, um, during this conference is that, you know, it, you often get into a routine and we say, you know, routine a lot and we, we do the things and we make sure that the, our, our ministries are straight and things like that. But, you know, our ministries just, is not just having the church ready or having the outreach ready, or having the camera set up, or having, you know, but ministry is, is people, and I know we've heard that, but, but, but the biggest thing is that that's the most important thing, is reaching people, not people that, you know, we're close to, or people that we're friends with, or, you know, people that we're comfortable around, but people that don't look like us, that don't like the same things that we like, that, you know, that our ministry should extend to, helping people live for Jesus. And that's something that, you know, I wouldn't say that I wasn't doing, but it wasn't the primary thing that I was doing. And, and this conference began to, to realign that in my heart and began to focus uh, my heart is that I need, um, you know, to touch people. And the second thing um, that conference really did for me is that it realigned my dependence on the Holy Spirit, because just like I talked about people, you know, I, I can, I can convince someone to come to church, but I can't convince them to stay. You know, I have to rely on the Holy Ghost. I have to rely on the power of the Spirit for God to reach down into someone's heart and to change them to, to, to reveal himself, um, you know, to that person and that, you know, everything about our ministry, everything about what we do as a believer in Jesus Christ depends on the Holy Spirit. And we have to contend for that. And we have to make room and opportunity for that to be manifested through our lives. Um, and so uh, along with you know what Brother Ryan said, the conference was powerful. And that's just not a buzzword. It was something um, that continued to help me. Um, like I said before, Chandler Conference, I've been you know praying and, and believing for God, not just to stir me, but to change me. I don't want to be stirred for the moment and it's gone. I want him to continuously change me and he's been doing that. And so I encourage you, get next to somebody that was at the conference because we got that fire and we're going to take our city for Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So next year you get a chance to go. We're going to try to make it every January. I encourage you to go. Amen. So I uh, just got one more announcement, important announcement from here. Uh, amen. So, uh, you know, our church, we're about 100 people. And we're the, uh, we got a lot of staff here for 100 people. So God's been dealing with me for a while now just to kind of get things in perspective here. We got Pastor uh, Andre here, Pastor Dion, Pastor Wayne, then myself. So for 100 people, we're way overstaffed. <laughs> we got just a lot of staff. Uh, so God's been dealing with me about just downsize it really kind of get it in order where it needs to be here as far as leadership so there's going to be a change here uh, that one change I've asked uh, Pastor Brooks to not step aside as the assistant so what he's going to be doing here now he's not going to be the assistant uh, but he is going to be a preacher out of here like for our baby church or anybody else that needs uh, preaching he is available to do that and I'm going to 
make that available to other pastors. They call me, so he didn't do anything wrong. So they'll say, what did he do wrong? He didn't do nothing wrong. They were a great blessing here. There's still going to be a blessing here. I've talked to him. He's a big boy, right? He's a big boy. He's still your brother. You're still your sister. You're going to love God, serve God here. So uh, all that's still in place. Uh, but uh, So we got Pastor Howard and Pastor Nickerson still on staff. So what I'm going to do, I've asked Pastor Howard to just expand his role. He's already over the, uh, the follow-up and people and stuff. So I've just asked him to fulfill the role to be the assistant as well. So all the weight's going to be on him. Uh, so, so I know it's going to be difficult at first, but we get through it. We're, we're big people, right? We love God. We're big people. We're going to keep going for Jesus, keep going on. Pastor Dre still got destiny. He's still, he's still a good man, loves God. And uh, so we're going to get through all this together. But uh, just to be honest, I mean, we just four pastors on staff, church this size, uh, it's overkill. Now, I was hoping our church would grow to 200, 300 people. When we brought him on staff, it just didn't happen. So we have to live in reality where we're at. So that's going to be the changes here. So from this service on, Pastor Howard will be the assistant here. Uh, Pastor Brooks going to be available to other churches to go out and preach or anybody that needs preaching out of here. So that's all still the same. So with all that said, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Don't let that cloud your vision while I'm trying to preach to you this morning. God still wants to speak to us at Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke chapter 2. I've used this illustration before, but it's very fitting for this uh, service this morning, so I want to use it here. In 1972, NASA launched an expository space pioneer tent. They want information from outer space, from the other planets. How can we... Uh, you know, get a better look what's going on in the world. Uh, so the satellite primary mission was to reach Jupiter, photograph its atmospheres, moons, beam back the data. Scientists regarded this as a bold plan because up until then, no satellite has gone beyond Mars, uh, and they feared that the asteroid belt would destroy the satellite before it could reach its target. But it says if the Pioneer 10 accomplished its mission and much more, Swinging past Jupiter in November of 1973, the space probe was hurtled at a high rate of speed towards the edge of the solar system by the planets of misgravity. At one billion miles from the sun, Pioneer uh, 10 uh, passed uh, Saturn. At uh, some 2 billion miles away, it hurtled past Neptune. At 3 billion miles away, Plateau. At almost 4 billion miles by 1997, 25 years after its launch, Pioneer 10 was more than 6 billion miles from the sun. And despite the distance, immense distance, Pioneer 10 continued to beam back radio signals to scientists on Earth. Perhaps the most remarkable is the fact that those signals came from an 8-watt transmitter, which took more than 9 hours to reach Earth, the little satellite that could... Uh, was not qualified to do what it did. Engineers designed Pioneer 10 to, uh, to, uh, for a useful life of three years, but, it, um, but its 8-watt batteries or transformed radio accomplished more than any thought possible. You know, this 8-watt transformer illustrates a point that I want to make this morning, and that is in Jesus, we can go much further and do a lot more than ever thought possible. 
I know men in the fellowship, couples, me and my wife included, uh, I look at what God's doing in our life now, and I'm like, wow, that's powerful. I've seen people come up in, in third world countries that have nothing, amen. They live in huts, they live in block homes, man, and now they're preaching the gospel, reaching people. I just got a call while we was at conference from a man by the name of Anson. I remember when Anson and Beauty, his wife, came into the church uh, in our in our church in Kitway, Zambia. Shelly knows who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, got saved, lived in a bush, got saved, come to church today. He's pastoring a powerful work, got many men, uh, women under him. He's launching churches. Uh, and you would never, if you had seen him right and they came in, uh, you would have said nothing special about them, but God's been able to raise them up uh, and now launch them out. They're, they have, they're in a harvest field. People are coming in. But that's what God can do. Can you say amen? Let's go to Luke chapter 2. We'll start at verse 25. We'll start at verse 25. It says this, And behold, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. At verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before it had seen before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it came to and it, verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, "Lord, now." You're letting your servant depart in peace according to your words. Verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child's destined to fall... Uh, to the fall and rise in many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Verse 35, Yea, sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thought of many hearts may be revealed. Father, this morning I'm asking you, God, take this message. God, reveal it. God, I pray, speak to it. Let the Holy Ghost uh, have its way this morning. God, deal with every heart. Raise up men and women. Uh, God, that you can reveal things through. Uh, God, that we can handle in our hands, the precious blessings of the kingdom, I pray, God, help us be the instruments to people, God, that, that you need, God, in this day and this hour. God, give us revival, and God's people say, amen. To whom he is revealed, if you're taking notes, to whom he is revealed this morning. Look first at the man Simeon. I got two thoughts here. One, uh, 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 I preached last week on Cornelius. Uh, how his faithfulness in prayer and giving, the Bible said, became a memorial before God. So what this man did, how he lived, uh, his faithfulness, his giving, uh, his prayers uh, were so impressive to God, it, it built like a memorial. There's something built in heaven, so every time God looked over, there was something established from this man's life uh, that reminded God of this man, uh, but also moved God, triggered God to do other things. How he lived triggered God to move supernaturally. Peter has a vision of a sheep bound by four corners, uh, filled with all kinds of uh, four-footed creatures, the Bible says. Uh, but this all comes from Cornelius' life. Amen. So God, a vision appears to another man. Uh, as Peter sees this, uh, 
God's involved. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. You know the story. Uh, uh, God, I haven't ever uh, killed anything, unclean, eaten anything. And God said, listen, this is another, that's not what I'm telling you to do. Uh, we know that God's opened up world evangelism. Peter gets that revelation. But this all comes from man coordinates. He's praying, believing God. And because that God does all these other things, uh, this week, I want to follow up on that and look at a man by the name of Simeon. Because listen, our names uh, and what we do in life can touch God, touch the kingdom of God, uh, and cause a response from heaven. How many believes that? How we live life, the words we speak, the, uh, the commitments we have, the disciplines we have, prayer, reading the Bible, giving, uh, it can touch heaven. We've seen that last week. We're seeing it again this week uh, through Simeon's life here. Simeon, like Cornelius, uh, there are things about his life that triggered God uh, to move in a power and to move and give powerful revelation uh, uh, to mankind. So let's look at Simeon this morning. So one, Simeon was in place. Verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. You know, there were many villages, towns, and cities uh, in Jerusalem where Simeon could have lived. He could have lived anywhere. Israel's big. I went on the tour there some years ago. Uh, we went to a lot of places. Simeon could have went anywhere, uh, to any one of the villages and cities, towns, uh, but he chose Jerusalem. Uh, he established himself, got roots in Jerusalem. This is a spiritual dynamic. Uh, Jerusalem spiritually is ahead of Israel. If you go to Israel, you can talk about uh, other places. Bethany, you can talk about Nazareth, uh, but everybody's interested in Israel. Israel is the spiritual head of Israel or Jerusalem. Uh, so as you go into Israel, you mentioned Jerusalem. Everybody knows where it's at. There's all these spiritual attributes in Jerusalem as well. But he could have chosen anywhere, but he put his roots in Jerusalem. Jerusalem spiritually, uh, again, is the spiritual head of Israel. David builds his house in, in Jerusalem. Solomon builds the temple in Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem is where Simeon lives. Uh, Simeon's making a statement. I want to be where God is. Uh, I want to be where God's moving, where God's demonstrating his presence. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, uh, was spoke to Simeon on three different occasions in our text. Uh, he had a relationship with God. The Spirit of God's upon him, and Simeon makes a decision. I want to be there. And so, first, amen, uh, he has a place to call home. Uh, and I believe it's critical that we get in place and get roots uh, uh, in a place where God can move and speak uh, and we can establish a testimony like Cornelius and build a memorial even before God. Uh, but we have to be rooted in and established in a place, I believe. Simeon lived in Jerusalem. He has a spiritual hunger for God there. He is serving and ministering in the temple, and that's where God finds him. So there's many truths there that you and I can lay hold of. Uh, we can say, this is my church. I'm going to get roots here. I'm going to labor in the house of God. They hunger, and through that, I believe God can give us revelation. We can have a relationship with the Spirit of God, just like Simeon, uh, and who knows what God will do after that. In our text, God's presence is moving, speaking, uh, and this outpouring of the Spirit was linked uh, to a certain location. Now, this is a truth that we can find throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, men of Israel were commanded by God uh, 
to come to the temple in Jerusalem three times a year. Now, it doesn't matter where you live. If you have an inheritance over here, that's fine. Uh, but three times a year, that's how they did business back then. Three times a year, all the men uh, were commanded by God to make the journey to the temple uh, of God in Jerusalem. This was spiritual. This was critical uh, for every family, every uh, a man. Uh, this was a command. There was a certain location. You couldn't just go to down the road and, and find a corner and and do your spiritual activity there. God said, no, uh, you need to come back to this temple in Jerusalem. It's critical if you're established in this place, you've got roots here. Three times a year they'd come back. Uh, so three different times a year, as you look down the different roads that's leading into to Jerusalem, you would see a man, and behind him would be probably his servants with camels and oxen loaded down uh, to bring an offering to the house of God. But this was established in them. And Psalms 84, 7 says this, they go from strength to strength uh, till each appear before God in Zion or Jerusalem. Uh, so what they got from, the strength they got from each time would uh, carry them on. It would be like Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, we have strength on Sunday. God gives us strength as we come. Uh, we hear his word. We're receiving from him. We're giving on. And there's a strength in that that carries us to the next service. Uh, and this is why, Psalm said, listen, they go from strength to strength. Uh, they're going to get something out of this. It's not just a, we're just going to church, uh, but there's something that God's doing there. There's a power of God established there as they go. They're going to receive something, a strength, uh, that's going to be enough to carry them on in life to the next time they meet. That's why church is important. We don't just come to church, but God meets us here. And then the Holy Spirit is here. Uh, there's a strength given to you and I. This is true in the New Testament. Uh, uh, amen. Where, this is where revival was birthed in Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were setting. Uh, so this brings us to location. Uh, and location, I believe, is paramount to the outpouring and moving uh, of God's Spirit in our life. Amen. So as they're there in that place, the Bible said they're there of one accord uh, in one place. Uh, they're worshiping the Spirit of God poured out there. He didn't pour out there, then down the road. Uh, but there's a location that was critical to what God was doing. Matthew 13 talks about the rooted plant producing some 30, 60, 90 folks. So God's interested uh, in us being rooted somewhere that we can receive and God can move and we can build relationship. Uh, the Spirit of God can move through that testimony that's been established. The second thing we see here, Simon has, was spiritually full. He didn't just come to church, but he got spiritually full. Look what it says in our text, verse 25. Uh, he was just and devout. This word devout means dedicated, uh, devoted, and committed, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The 26th translation said this way, he was living in constant expectation for the restoration of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was spiritually full. When he come to church, uh, uh, you felt his presence. When he come to church, he was full of faith. Uh, there was expectation. His eyes are on God. What is God going to do today? How is God going to move? Uh, and there's an expectation. He was waiting for God, uh, eagerly to see God move. Uh, it's important how we come to church. 
He was spiritually full again. Uh, his devoted, uh, dedicated, and committed. Uh, there's an expectation. So we're not just here, but we're an instrument that God can powerfully use here. Amen. It's not just your presence here. It's uh, how full you are of God uh, and that God is able to speak to you and use you is what's critical. Now, we like to see your face, but I like to see you full of God even more. I like to see God use your life, what God's going to do, do through you more than just looking in the mirror. Simeon wasn't just in church, but church was in him. Living for God wasn't something, just something that he did, uh, but it's what he was. He had an ear for the Spirit of God, which is critical, verse 25, uh, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, so he came by the Spirit into the temple. God was able to speak to this man at critical times, important times, so when God did speak to him, it wasn't, well, I don't know if it's God or not. The Bible says Simeon, God spoke to him about going to the temple, and he knew it, and he was at church at the right time. Listen, being in the right place and being spiritually full makes you a candidate that the revelation of God can move through and flow through. Simeon was a candidate uh, because the things he established in his life. He established himself in the house of God. He established himself as a spiritual man, uh, dedicated, committed, uh, had an ear for the Spirit of God. Uh, and because of that, now when God is wanting to do something big, uh, like bring Jesus into the world and announce him uh, as Savior, Simeon's the man. Not because he looks good, not because he's got the right tie on, uh, but because uh, how he's established himself in the house of God, Simeon was the man. So when Simeon came before uh, in the temple that day and, and did spiritual service uh, with, the, with the baby Jesus, everybody would say, who's Simeon? Uh, what, who's that guy? Amen. There was a qualification there because of who he was spiritually. As Simeon is holding Jesus in his arms, he says, let's see the revelation. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. You know, that woke up all the Jews. What do you mean Gentiles? You mean Jews, right? No, Gentile. This baby is going to grow up. Uh, his life is going to touch nations. His life is going to go across uh, uh, borders, uh, racial borders. Uh, he's going to bring it to the nations. Then it goes on. And the glory of your people Israel, verse 34, then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for the sign, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Uh, he had a revelation to bring to the people about who Jesus was, about what God was going to do. And is that why we come to church? That God can speak to us. We have a revelation about what God wanting to do, what He will do. Uh, we can speak to people. Uh, about how God wants to touch them. And that's all comes in the house of God. And Simeon was the man uh, where God was able to move through in that hour. So two things here. When you see location and being full of God is critical in our day and our hour. Right? Let's look secondly this morning, making right decisions. Two thoughts here. One, uh, somewhere at some point, Simeon made some right decisions. He didn't just float through. <laughs> You know, he just didn't float through life, float through church, wonder what God wants, you know, wonder what's going to happen. No, he made decisions. And he turned out he made some right decisions. Uh, listen, you're not just going to wake up one morning and be a man like Simeon. You're not just going to get out of bed one morning and put on your pants and say, wow, I, the Holy Spirit. 
God's speaking to me. God's moving. No, that's not just going to happen. Decisions are going to be led up to that. Simeon had to make a decision where he was going to live and how he's going to live for God. I'm going to live in Jerusalem. I'm going to live as a dedicated, faithful, full of the Holy Ghost type man. He makes decisions. I'm going to be in Jerusalem. You're going to see me in the house of God. You're not just going to, I'm not going to be hit and miss. Uh, I'll be here Sunday, but I'll be down the road next Sunday. Maybe I'll come here. One. No, he was in the house of God. He made a decision where he's going to go to church. Uh, and now he's made a decision how he's going to live for God, dedicated, faithful, full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he decided, uh, made decisions how he was going to live in church before God's people and before his nation. And we have to make decisions here. One, where we're going to go, then how we're going to live for God. Truth is, when you don't make right decisions here concerning faithfulness and where you're going to serve, at a critical time, you're going to miss God. Look at John 20, verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve who was not with them was not with them when Jesus came. Those disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said unto them, Unless I see the hands, the nail prints, uh, uh, the, the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the prints of the nails, and put my hand inside, I will not believe. Things you miss when church is not your place. Things you miss uh, when you haven't made right decisions about how I'm going to live for God. Peter, the other men, uh, they said, we're going to be faithful, we're going to live for God, and God shows up uh, like he always does, can you say, man? Uh, in a church service, God shows up, but Thomas wasn't there. And because Thomas wasn't there, he had the mindset, I don't believe it anyway. I'm not going to believe it unless I see the prince and put my hand in his side. Uh, uh, I mean, we get people like that, right? Hit and miss people. People don't really make decisions to get spiritual in the house. They miss critical things. So we have to make decisions along the way uh, how we're going to live because, listen, some things are going to come into your hearing uh, that you desperately need throughout the years. Listen, your faithfulness will be tested and assaulted. Tested by God and assaulted by hell. If you've been saved more than a week, you know that. Our faith, our faithfulness will be tested and assaulted. Tested to make you stronger and assaulted to make you fail. Look at Exodus 15, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur, uh, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mar, they could not drink it uh, because the water was bitter, verse 24. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, uh, what, uh, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He throws it into the water, and the water became sweet, and the Lord made a decree uh, and a law for them, and there he tested them." So Mara was a place of testing and assault here. Verse 25, God tested them. Uh, when things get difficult, God will sometimes use them as a testing point. Listen, we run into our own difficulties in life. Uh, listen, they're thirsty. They're three days into this wilderness. Uh, they're thirsty, uh, but now they run into a test. There's water there, but they can't drink it. They drink it, it's going to be poisoning them. They're going to die uh, Three days without water in the desert. Mara is a disappointment. It's a letdown. Uh, it's a testing place. God wanted to know uh, what they would do in this time of struggle and difficulty. What are they going to do in this time of testing? 
Will they cry out to God? Will they believe God? Will they stay in place? Uh, will they trust Him? Uh, God watches to see what we do when we're tested. Would this draw them closer to God or would this put distance between them? I've seen it. People go through things and no longer are they praying. No longer are they fellowshipping. No longer are they doing what they should be doing, but there's distance now. That's not the right answer. This is a testing uh, place, and God is testing them to see what is in them. Mar is also a place of assault. Look at verse 23 of Exodus 15. So when they came to Mar, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? This word grumble uh, means to protest, object to, gripe, and complain. Uh, when you don't like something, uh, the devil says, just protest it. It's what we're seeing today, right? All these protests, uh, because we don't like something. And I understand there's a time for that, but not, not in the house we got here anyway. They're griping, complaining, uh, griping, uh, because this water is not what they wanted. Uh, they can't drink what they want to drink. So now it's a gripe coming to church. Let's protest what God's doing. Let's protest the man of God. Let's complain. Let's start a complaint group. Uh, that's not the answer. Grumbling against pastor in the will of God is never the answer. Amen. We can use that as a test. We're going to grow from this. Second thing we see here, decisions uh, you make today gives direction for your life tomorrow. Your life today is because of decisions you made last month and last year. Because you made decisions to be faithful to God, love God, uh, last week, last month, you're okay today. But how many are suffering from decisions they made last month? Simeon being used by God in such a powerful way as a result of decisions he made in his life. Simeon made a decision as to where and how he was going to live for God. And that was tested. Uh, that was assaulted. Uh, but he kept his heart right, uh, and because of that, he is where he is that day. He's in the right place, uh, spiritually his right. So when God wanted to move, uh, he's the one. We're at uh, a conference, and it seemed like at the end of the third sermon in the morning and at night, uh, God would always move in prophecy. So as everything's kind of dying down, I believe the Spirit of God is looking for someone that he can prophesy through and give a word through uh, and I'm watching these men and women as they gave, uh, uh, you know, as they spoke in tongues, others gave the interpretation. They're just common people like you and I. They didn't have wings on. They didn't have a halo. They're just common people that God found. I can move through them, and their decisions that they've made, uh, not just that week, but in life, brought them to that place. God said, I can move through them because, First Timothy 6.12, Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight, of faith. How I many know it's a fight sometimes? Keeping your heart right, keeping to decisions you made, uh, doing what's right, uh, it's a fight sometimes. Paul could have used other words, uh, hey, uh, just sing your way through. Just, uh, but he didn't, he said fight, because it's, there's a reality in your Christian life, you've got to put on the gloves. You've got to fight off the assaults, uh, you've got to embrace uh, uh, the strength that comes through a testing, but you've got to fight off the assaults. Listen, how and where we live for God helps you in a good fight. 
It's like being a skilled fighter and, and not a skilled fighter. If you've ever seen boxing before, you can tell who's skilled. I'm an amateur. If I got in the ring with the box, I would, I would be dead in a minute, uh, and everybody would know why. He didn't train, not skilled. He got beat up bad. Yeah. Same is true spiritually, okay. Paul says fight. Uh, and when we live for God, we make right decisions. We make decisions to, uh, to lock ourselves in and receive from God. There's a, there's a grace of God in that. And when we're in time of assault, uh, listen, we can get in the ring with some confidence. Uh, we can throw some blows that matter. Look thirdly at God's reward. Two thoughts we see in our text. One, God's reward is always bigger than our labor. Luke 6, 20, 38 says, Given it shall be given to you, good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your uh, bosom. Uh, uh, we've heard the old saying, you can't outgive God, and how many of those that's true? There's all kinds of examples throughout the Scripture. Uh, the five loaves and two fishes uh, feed 4,000 men besides women and children, maybe fifteen or 20,000 people there. This one boy surrenders his little, uh, and this great big need is met. First uh, Kings 17, the widow of Zarephath gives her last bit of oil and meal to Elijah. Verse 16 says this, a bin of flour does not it was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So we're talking about God's reward. God's a lot bigger. You know, God's got the bigger shovel, in other words. So God's reward is a lot bigger than what we give. Mark 14 is another one. Uh, uh, Mary breaks a jar of very expensive perfume and pours that, pours that perfume on Jesus' head. But verse 9 says this, and Jesus said, I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So uh, we're going to see in our text, Simeon does this little thing, uh, simply said, dedicating my life to the house of God, uh, dedicating uh, uh, his, his life to a place, becoming spiritually full. He's dedicating all that he is, uh, and God takes that little bit of life to that person uh, and uses it to touch the world. Think about Simeon, we're still talking about him today, what he did, uh, how his little life, we're little people, amen, uh, compared to God. Uh, God takes us one little life and is still touching the world, uh, and that's how God operates. Verse 26, Simon's, Simeon's reward uh, is greater than he could ever imagine. It says it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So here's Simeon, he makes a decision where he's going to be, how he's going to live for God, and the Spirit of God meets with him and says, you're going to be the first one to see, see the Lord. Not only that, you're going to introduce him to the world. Imagine, that's big. We're not just going to preach about it, but you're going to do it. Simeon got to see Jesus and also usher Jesus, his calling, his ministry to the world. Imagine being in that service that day and he prophesied and he's holding this boy. Listen, this little boy is going to touch all the Gentile nations. Salvation is going to go outside of these four walls, uh, across these borders and nations. Uh, and imagine, I mean, that's heavy hitting there. This little life is used in a big way. That's what God does. Saying a life laid down for Jesus always impacts others. I mean, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here just to get spiritually fat. We're not here just to bring glory upon us. Uh, we're here to serve people.
We're here to serve God, to serve others. Amen. Our life would be a blessing to other people. Simeon, his life laid before the Lord is still impacting the world today. Uh, through this, even this sermon this morning, uh, we've never seen him. We don't know who he is, but his life's impacting us. And that's how church is designed. What God would do here, uh, God would be able to speak to you, raise you up. Uh, in time. Who knows where your life is going to touch one day. You may think what you're doing for Jesus is small potatoes. Maybe you're just in a small ministry, as you call it, drama. I do a little bit on the platform, do a little bit here and there. We call it small potatoes. But listen, God calls that big. Listen, Simeon, he was not the, you know, nobody talked about him being, oh, he's the muscle man guy over there. Yeah, he's the genius in church. He's the, the greatest talent you've ever seen. No, he's simply, he's here, and he's full of God. And we can all be that. We can be here, we can be full of God, uh, and that's, I believe, what God's looking for, just common people, men and women, that fill themselves up with Him, and because of that, God can use us in a powerful way like you, Simeon. Think of Peter, James, and John. They were fishermen. They didn't have the, uh, uh, you know, they didn't have the, all the, the certificates. <laughs> they didn't have the diplomas. They didn't have, no, that, that, they weren't impressive, put it that way. Peter, James, and John were fishermen. They probably stunk. They hung out uh, at the lake. Uh, they smelled like a fish. But Jesus was able to use them because they surrendered. Remember, they said, we're going to follow you. We're not just following. We're going to follow you. And they stuck with him. They filled themselves up with him. And these 12 men, Peter, James, John, the inner circle especially, uh, they touched the world. Became mighty preachers throughout the world. Listen, God's reward is always bigger. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Kansas. You can't even find it on the map. It's so small. It's a small town, cowboy town. I get saved in that small place. Uh, if I told you ever I've been preaching today, you'd go, wow. Listen, that's not because of me. Trust me. That's just because when I got saved, I got saved. And I filled up, and I'm still filling up. God, I want more. Uh, and I, I read, I pray. God, give me more. Uh, and because of that, God is able to use a simple life uh, and project it across nations. Let me close here for a minute. So location is linked to destiny. It's hard to say I'm not rooted in a church and be ever sent out to destiny. <laughs> One of the requirements, anyway, in our fellowship, any fellowship, I would say, if they're going to be used by God to any capacity, hey, you have to be established somewhere. You have to be, have a testimony in the house of God. We require that. Uh, even before people get in ministry, build a testimony here. Let people see how you live for God. Let them see what you're here for. Uh, and as that grows, amen, your influence grows. You can get in ministry. Lives can be touched. So location is, is linked to destiny. What we have if, as a fellowship is not happening everywhere. As we seen this last week at conference. Two, your decisions to be faithful means everything. Your decisions about how you live for God means everything. A year down the road, two years down the road, or destiny means everything. How you're living right now, the decisions you made, how full you're going to be of God will mean everything tomorrow and next year. And listen, the great reward is God using our life. Let me close this. Here's Simeon. He's 
It's probably as surprising any of us if he gets out of bed that morning, Spirit of God goes, hey, I need you to go to the temple. Not only go to the temple, I'm going to have you to usher in the Christ. Whisper in his ear. He obeys you. He goes to the temple. And here's Mary and Joseph. They don't know what's going on. They just know, hey, this is lost recovery. We're bringing a little boy in here. Uh, and he's the one. How many have been surprised sometimes you come to church and God uses your life in a powerful way? You go, wow, God came to church today. Amen. I'm going to challenge you this year that I preached on Quest for Revival last week, set the theme for the year. Amen. Decide today how you're going to live for God. Decide today this is going to be my church. I'm going to get some roots and I'm going to be full of God that God can't but see me. So when God needs a coordinator, God needs a Simeon uh, to move through, uh, I'm going to have something there that's already has weight before God and God can use my life to touch people and touch the world. Let's bow our heads this morning.